My name is Petra and I am Peach Life. I am also Peach. I guess then Peach Life is my universe or my life. Everything I express under the Monica Peach Life is kind of a welcome into my universe. How I see things and how I progress in life and what I try to discover. Like a document of what I'm interested in. What my life is or what I want my life to be and how I see the world from a queer perspective and imagining worlds. I don't really think I can separate my private life and the music and the art I make. I thought it was cool that we actually meet in Berlin because somehow we could also maybe talk a little about your relationship to the city. I used to live here for a short period, two, three years. This was actually also where I started making electronic music. So how did you get into it here? Did you meet some people or...? I was playing pop and rock music, avant-garde and improvisational music before. And um, I got fed up with everything, with the way of touring and with the way of playing in so many bands to make ends meet and having rehearsals all around town in Copenhagen. And I had to carry my gear and my body was always hurting and I didn't get paid very much. So I felt like I wanted to start fresh. And I was also in a place where I wanted to explore my gender. And I didn't really feel like I could do that in the circles I were in in Copenhagen, not properly. So I wanted to go somewhere where I didn't know as many people. So I quit all of the bands I was in except for one. Just went here and rented a studio and started making music. And then I guess I also started going to the clubs and I found out that I liked that style of music. At first, I would go to the club on the weekends and listen and get inspired. And then I would go into the studio. I would have like a very high work morale. I would go into the studio, I think almost every Monday, unless I had been out on Sunday, then maybe Tuesday. And then try to translate like the feelings or the emotions I had had in the club on the weekend. And try to translate that and be inspired by the music that I had listened to. I also used to play jazz. And when you practice jazz, you listen and transcribe a lot of music. How did this person play this solo? Then you listen to the solo and you learn to play it on your instrument and you transcribe it on paper. Kind of like that, but more open, more fluid with how I remembered the music to be and what emotions it had awakened in me. And then I would try to translate that into music in the studio. I guess that was me practicing making electronic music. And then it took me, it sounds weird to say it took me places, but I guess it took me places. <laughs>
then I started DJing also. Met people from going to parties and got into what you might call the scene, both here and in Copenhagen. And felt like it was a place that I could express myself in a way that I wanted to. So I just felt like I found home. That also sounds like a huge cliche, but I really did, actually. So I guess Berlin is um, sort of my origin story, in a way. <laughs> uh, it's weird to have an origin story from when you're like 27 years old, but I guess that's when I was reborn, in a way. <laughs> uh, now we're getting pretty high in Aula. How do you say? It's getting um, filled with pathos. Mostly I try to make music that you can dance to, because I love to dance. And I think dancing is really important, at least for what I'm creating. I myself want to be able to move to it. And I feel like dancing is some sort of channeling, like this mystical way of giving the human experience some sort of meaning. The dancing is so much. It's also sex and ritual. So much good comes I mean, almost nothing bad comes from dancing. I, uh, I can't think of anything right now anyways. Changing from playing a lot of bands to like basically producing by yourself. What was that change for you? And now, is it like a lonely thing also? Or are you just like super content? <laughs> I'm so content. It was so liberating. <laughs> I mean, I loved all the people I worked with before. But I guess I didn't really love always having to work with three to five other people. I think it was one of the most liberating things I've done in my life, to be able to go into the studio when I wanted and for how long I wanted and take all the decisions by myself. I've always seen myself, I'm, you have to be careful about describing yourself, but I feel like, and also I think other people see me as a big diplomat and I think maybe I'm too much of a diplomat to engage solely in cooperative things because I always want to equal things out and I'm also prone to not go so much with my own instinct and be, okay, let's try your thing out and then we just go with that. So I guess maybe I ended up with doing what other people wanted. And suddenly it was, I would only do what I wanted. <laughs> I'm also not only doing what I want, 
I feel like I also do kind of what the universe wants. That maybe that's also not being very conscious. I feel like I'm channeling something that seems also kind of high strung, but <laughs> but also true. <laughs> but I also enjoy being by myself a lot, actually. <laughs> Which is also a good trait when you have to travel a lot alone. I enjoy the time I spend in airports by myself. I think it's not super common. Do you ever get insecure of like, when you're all doing it by yourself, there's no one to say like, yeah, th now it's good, or like now it's finished, or let's go this way, mm. this way is good. Like these feedback mechanisms or these acknowledgements. Mm. I think I see it as like stuff will never be finished. And I think another person's input is just as good as my own. Besides, I also have the universe to tell me. <laughs> no, but I mean, why would it be better to have other people saying it when I can just sense it? It's just as good. It's equally good to have someone else say it. I've been practicing not being perfectionist because I think stuff can never be perfect and stuff will never really be finished. I don't think I ever really feel with any of the stuff I do that it's finished. I just close it and then it's closed. It's not finished because I can never really finish anything. I just close it and then put it out and then work on something else. Because to be able to finish stuff that means you have to be satisfied and I don't think I will ever be able to be truly satisfied not like in a finite way because then if I close let's say a track then I can be content for a while but then when I listen back to it maybe a month later I will think Ugh, that was actually that part annoys me or that could have been better but then I listen back to it again three months later and I think it's really fucking good and then I'm super content I also don't really have favorites in anything. There's stuff I really like, but I'm not gonna say that I'm gonna like or love this forever because I might not like it tomorrow. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's a nice way to live a life because then you also don't have to be sure. I'm very indecisive in my life, which is not always very nice. <laughs> But I guess it's a way of hacking my mind to never having to take decisions. <laughs> People who know me are gonna resonate with that statement. <laughs> start with concepts when I started making music. My second EP was called Swamp Life. The swamp as an image for the rave. A place where I felt that me and my peers would meet and evolve together like in the swamp. And then I made the EP Against All Reason, which I guess was also a manifesto of some sort. There was like a call to action against reason. 
And I think what drives me to make the music is the ideas behind. That really drives how I create. this track to kind of be an abstract dance and in my head there's like this cult of sun worshippers who are dancing in a circle worshipping the sun and singing this mantra I guess the cult is in a sense all queer people in the world who are working for their members to go against all reason and the text is maybe some sort of guidelines on how to go against all reason I feel like we are always told in our upbringing to do what's reasonable. And for queer people in their life, when they figure out that they are queer and to live a queer life, you have to go against reason. And the title of the EP was a play of words because normally when you say it's against all reason, it's a bad thing. But here it's said as a positive thing. The whole EP is about freeing yourself from reason and defying common sense. Both rebelling against what is expected of you and also what you expect from yourself and also what you expect from the world. It's a call to action to be able to live your life fully. music and techno is like more of a you know gender fluid or queer I guess I'm wondering if queer people listen more to electronic music uh-huh. it's a weird question no I think it's a relevant question I think not necessarily inherently but techno and electronic music and house music has historically been used to facilitate spaces where people party and where people try out new things and explore sexuality and gender because it's in a space where you get drunk or get high and lose inhibitions so I think that's why people identify the music with gender fluidness or sexuality and because it's been used to facilitate that space and 
the bigger clubs that uses it like to facilitate a space where you lose your sense of time because it's like long raves where you feel like all worries you don't have to think about them for 12 hours or 24 hours or how long you stay and there aren't as many rules in there as there are in the outside world i see it as as a separate world i also have it in mind when i make it how i want it to be used techno or electronic music is also a highly functional type of music you can use it to trigger certain moods and i think as a dj also you find out what type of music will trigger certain moods can you put into word what kind of moods you're trying to bring when you dj or when you create music for example sexy music if you want to facilitate a space where you want people to feel sexy and to have sex then there's definitely a lot you can do with the music to facilitate that it's not every space that can handle that type of music or handle that type of mood but i definitely make stuff with an intention of awakening different emotions in people because i also make music in a way that i hear something and then i think i want to make some music that inspires the same feelings as that music inspired in me and then i make it and i almost always fail like i'm now making quotation marks fail but then i create something different i think it's also a really good thing that's also what i kind of mean about the universe is also a player a cooperator So this is a new release. It's gonna be called Boy. And then this emoji or emoticon, I think it's called, that raises its hands above its head. Like it's saying, I don't know. The release is made out of four tracks and one remix. And it's the four elements, fire, earth, wind, and water but represented as these trans-masculine boys. So the first track is called Hot Boy, which is fire. The second track that's Earth is called Dirt Boy. The third track is Fly Boy, which is air. And then Water is Cry Boy. These four boys represented as the four elements. Kind of like four superheroes, actually, with each of their superpower. So I guess Cryboy is kind of like a, an emo boy who's very emotional. And Flyboy, because Fly is also kind of like a cool boy. It's like an airy track. Dirt Boy is just this stoner type who plays in the mud. And the Hot Boy's superpower is that he's super hot.
It's this really bouncy bass track. It takes a long time to unravel what it's about. And everything comes in one by one. Then this quirky synthesizer comes in and is slowly lulling us into the mood. And then at some point, Hot Boy takes out his electric guitar and plays this super cool theme. And everyone just thinks he's a super cool guy. <laughs> and it's actually not an electric guitar, but it sounds a lot like it. so much with like transitioning from something masculine to something feminine and then it felt fun to play with going a little bit the other direction. It's in some ways also about detransitioning or going through several transitions. When I made some of the other music I was maybe more transitioning the other way like from male to female and I guess when I was making this I felt more masculine at the moment. So I think I was kind of detransitioning at that moment. I was also very confused about that because who wouldn't be? But <laughs> I think also now I'm aware that I will probably transition one or the other way several times in my life. And I think that's also a part of being non-binary because I think maybe also at some point I thought, okay, now I'm here and then I have to stick with it in a way. But then it just didn't feel right. So I guess that's also why I treated this theme of masculinity. Every time I make some music or treat a theme or play with a concept, I process my emotions and my thoughts. It was just a way of treating some masculine qualities. Maybe also seeing the four elements as some human qualities. This is just a side note. Do you do a lot of like drops in, <laughs> in your music? Uh -huh. Is that a thing that you think a lot about yes. when the drop is? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love drops. I also make music without drops, but drops are the greatest thing ever. <laughs> There are different types of drops because I also 
love the reverse drop, I guess you can call it, like where you build up to something a lot, a lot, a lot, and then when the drop comes, it's like a, it's an anticlimax. That's one of my favorite drops. But I mean, drops like everything else in life comes in many forms, and all drops are great. <laughs> but I, I, I do a lot of drops. <laughs> but it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't have to be a build up, and then bass face drop. In, you know, bass face where the whole face cleanses because it's so good. <laughs> it can also be the drop as a concept. <laughs> I mean, drops are such a big part of electronic music. It's an endorphin release. It gets released when we get what we expect and also what we know. That's also why people like different kinds of music. If they are introduced to it early in life, It gets to be a way we can express ourselves. And then we listen to that a lot. And then it gets to be the music that we like and that the music that we get the most endorphins from because it's what we know and expect. And then another type is uh, of like endorphin release with music is when we get what we expect, but then all of a sudden get something unexpected that releases a lot of endorphins. Maybe that's also why I love the reverse drop because you get a lot of what you expect and then something completely unexpected. But also with the drop, it's also like we expect something at the end of the drop, but you can never really know what comes because it's something new and something kind of unexpected. Flyboy is this cool guy. I remember around that time I was talking to one of my friends about how music and maybe electronic music a lot. It's also a lot like how cool is that contest. Then you find this really cool sound of a synthesizer or a bass sound that like goes in the belly and you're like, wow, that's really cool. And I think I also wanted to try to work with that with Flyboy because he's just a really cool guy. He's so cool, he's almost flying. And with that track, I wanted to make like this huge drop. Or like I wanted to make this breakdown. And I think the breakdown in the track is almost more than two minutes long. And I was a little bit in doubt if I could make a breakdown that was so long, because it's a really long time. But I thought I would just make it as cool as I could, because Flyboy deserves, like, he's the coolest guy. Thank you. 